Welcome to Gross Anatomy. No, I'm not ready. Uh, oh, doctor, my doctor. Where's that from? Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> yeah. The Dead Poets Society. Are we live? Wow. Are we live, live Mariana? We're live. We're live with Gross Anatomy, and I am Dr. Jason Cohen, and now I have as my new sometimes co-host. Amen. Who? Who are you? Mariano Gonzalez. Mariano Gonzalez, who's known as the MNMK man, of the <laughs> MNMK tattoo man. Not many people know that. Not many people know that. That's uh, So I've revealed a fact about uh, Mariano's tattoo. And the reason I did is my middle, my eldest daughter had a engagement slash birthday party at our house, a pool party, very fitting for summer, which is something I want to talk about anyway in summer break and, and all of that stuff. And sure enough, Mariano and his brother Nacho, who is a pre-med student of mine in the past, he was one of my early pre-med students, and interestingly, he is no longer pre-med. No longer. By no means. He's like the furthest thing from being pre-med. And he has nothing to do with you, by the way. Not because, you know, he knows. Right. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. It all has, although I do remember when he was thinking of ending his medical career because he had started med school, he sent me a text uh, saying something like, you know, how do you balance it all kind of thing. And, what did you say? And I said, it's really tough. And, and There's uh, no balance kind of thing. And I, and I say that a lot. I <laughs> yeah. say there is no balance. Um, so, so, but, you know, uh, but it's worth it. It's worth it. But I did tell him that it's never too late to go back to med school. Mm. And some of my favorite, amazing doctor friends are people who have had full careers and then kind of pivoted after that career saying, you know what, I, I, I had this career, now I'm ready to be yeah. a doctor. And it wouldn't surprise me if your brother decides wow. to do that, by the way. That'd be interesting. In the future. I can't imagine it, but that would be very interesting. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise yeah. me because right now he's kind of just living like a carefree life. So he may at some point say... Okay, I'm ready. Who yeah. knows? But the whole reason I'm talking about, so you and your brother have this interesting tattoo that I saw because it was a pool party. It was a pool party, so you saw us in our, without a shirt. Shirtless, topless. Shirtless, topless. Mm-hmm. And, and what is that tattoo? I, in fact, I'd love to hear the story of the tattoo that you told me, <laughs> but it's kind of funny, and, and yeah. I hope your dad doesn't get pissed at us. No, no, my dad will Or get it. courted off uh, for child abuse or something <laughs> like that. No, it's a great story story for me i think but basically my brother and i we always wanted a tattoo do you did you have that growing up were you like i I want to get a tattoo no because as a jew you know you're told that you can't get a tattoo Mm. because if you get a tattoo you're supposedly not able to be buried in a jewish cemetery so they brainwash you your parents and jewish guilt brainwashes you into well you know when you're dead you want to be buried in a jewish cemetery (laughs) otherwise your life is going to be crappy which is like what i I don't even so interestingly a lot of jews these days have tattoos they're like screw that i can you know it's it's kind of cemetery now no (laughs) but but you know i guess i guess you know they they cover it or something like that but yeah, so my brother and I, we wanted one for whatever reason. We would always just mess around with the, the idea of it. And we would tell my dad. And my dad at that point in his life was a pretty conservative man. I think he tilted at, at some point. I'm not sure which point. What made him tilt? I think it was this trip that I'm going to bring up, actually. Okay. But I, he, gets a, he wants to go to Europe, you know, and he kind of gets a job there. And, and he's like, guys, I'm Was gonna... that like after he split with your mom? Yeah, not so, too long after right. that. So it's kind of like midlife yeah. crisis. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess so. You tell me, right? Quarter life crisis or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't gotten my tattoo yet. But he's like, he just comes up to us and he's like, guys, I'm taking you somewhere. And we're like, what? Where are you taking us? He's like, we're all getting a tattoo. And we're like, dad, what? Like, and any, yeah, he took us to this like tattoo shop and then, you know, we're thinking about ideas and we're like, but let's just get our initials kind of combined together so we're together forever kind of thing and then we all love asian culture in a way and and we saw this like tibetan uh sort of manuscript and the k supposedly meant eternity uh not kimberly or or cone or cone (laughs) i'm I'm convinced somehow your dad knew that i would be in your life and and the cone you know gave it a k instead of a c and so it's M N M K Mariano Nacho Mariano Cohen Cohen and there you go <laughs> and it's a fairly big tattoo I mean it's that's pretty big. that's pretty impressive that getting as a first tattoo such a biggie yeah I mean you could you could have gone small but that's easily the size of a water a small water bottle yeah I mean that's a pretty sizable tattoo <laughs> yeah da- who who decided on the size. I don't think anybody made any decisions on anything until it was just placed on. I think the tattoo artist kind of just took Who went leadership. First? I went first. This is actually a really funny story because I go first and he starts and the pain was so much more than I could possibly have imagined. I, I remember feeling like somebody's just sticking a knife well, yeah, on my back yeah. and just like, literally just going down and then they're looking at me like dude stop being such a wuss you know and then i'm like i can't wait till you guys sit on the chair because you have no idea what you're and i actually i think i have a video of my dad and brother on it and they can't talk they're we're like i'm laughing and then i'm like (laughs) who went second who went second i think nacho went second and just just of interest how old was nacho when he got his tattoo Let's say 18. <laughs> For the sake of, of, of So that we don't purposes. get your dad in trouble? Yeah. All right. I but, love that story. But he was very young. And how old were you? I was also 18. 18. And you're a few years older <laughs> yeah. than your brother? Nice. Actually, I thought you were maybe even 17. Yeah. No, <laughs> might have been 17. Nice. But I love that. Uh, anyway, we, we still have the tattoo. One of the cool things about the tattoo, too, is that it's not very clear what it is. Yeah. So there's this like visual thing to it. That it's a, just it looks art. cool. Yeah, we kind of just wanted it to look cool. Right, but it's big. It's pretty big. It's a big first tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I never went. Th- I never had the tattoo phase. At one point, I thought maybe I'd get an earring. Mm. But but I never got an earring. Did you ever get your I ears pierced? I had my ears pierced once. You did both for like no once, but it was just to. I I don't think I had it more than three days. Oh, yeah. Why'd you do it? Just because because we were all like just as a thing. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I thought in college a friend and I used to joke around that we were going to get our ears pierced, but we but we never did. But um, which kind of makes me think about um, it's summertime now, and we do a lot of stupid spur of the moment, Thanks. unplanned stuff all the time. But especially in the summer, you know, uh, when we're out of school and and uh, we're barbecuing and hanging out, and and it just. I, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna get morbid what do you a little do bit. This I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna go morbid a little bit. No, that's oh. not it. I I when I was in, I think I may have been in tenth grade. 
I played I played hockey mm-hmm. uh, on our hockey team, and I remember getting a phone call. Um, I think the beginning of the summer that a friend of ours, a teammate, a guy a year above us, had died in a car accident, mm. and. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm like an old Jew. I always go negative, you know, and and I'm always like a, afraid of life and stuff like that. But you know, I, I think you know they were out late at night driving back. He and another friend who was actually kind of so close to my family, um, and they swerved to miss some kind of animal, and the this kid died, and uh, and it just makes me always think about. Being careful, you know, especially during the summer when you when or, or just in general during breaks, you know, July Fourth, whatever it is, we have July Fourth coming up right now. Um, you just kind of, especially when you're young, you just think you could do anything, and you think you know nothing will happen to me, and and sometimes you do stupid stuff, and I just, I don't know, I just always around summertime think of this guy. Uh, every year, and I, I still remember one of my friends called me, and I thought he was kidding. It was like the stupid. I'm like, you're kidding. He's like, no, I'm not kidding. You know, he woke me up, and just kind of crazy. Yeah, I think summer does have that energy, right? That you're saying where we all get like a little more spontaneous. The days are a little longer. Yeah, it's like adventure time, and right. that inevitably brings more things. Even. Yeah, more accidents. Yeah, more things. And you to don't have up. to wake up early for school the next right, day, you right. know, so you could stay out late and, yeah. and drink or whatever. And so, I, that, all I, you kids out there, yeah. Be careful. I like that lesson. Like, enjoy with safety, with caution. Yeah. My wife always says, the master injector, Bernice, who I always have to quote in some of these talks, always says, um, or maybe it's my mother-in-law, someone says, like, nothing good happens after, you know, midnight. You know, (laughs) there's nothing good that's going to happen. You know, get your kid, get get home after midnight. Or a few things. Yeah, maybe. It kind of depends. But when you're a parent thinking about your kids, nothing good happens after midnight kind of thing. I thought when you were saying, when you were starting this summer thing, there's something you wanted to do this summer. There's something I I would want to do this summer because I turned 30 this summer. That's right. Which is a big change from August 20th. August 20th, the day before my mom's birthday. Leo, like your mom. Exactly. And your grandmother's and sister. And sister. Yeah. Um, So I'm part of the Leo club. And I think I want to parachute. I want to jump off a plane. Off a plane. Off a plane. You want to actually be on top of it and jump off it. I just, I want to, like Tom Cruise, like take on, off on it and then. You know, that's funny because I. Have you done that? When I was around a little younger than you, in my late 20s, my buddies and I all said we're going to go jump out of a plane. And I, we never coordinated it and never did it. And now I'm past that. Like uh, at one point when I was in my late 20s, I thought I would do it with two of my friends. I think they wound up both doing it. My friend Alan Brown, who's this amazing guy who's been in a wheelchair. He's like a quadriplegic. I heard his podcast. We've had him on the podcast. He's an amazing guy. He's done it. So he was one of the guys I was going to do it with. He's he's done it since Mm -hmm. then. I think maybe even more than once. Um, But he hadn't yet up to that point. And we were saying, oh, we got to do it. We got to do it. And I just never had the time. And I'm way over that. There's yeah? no way I'll no be way. jumping out of a plane. No way. Totally it, over that. It's just like the the what? No, the, I'm scared of heights. Yeah. I, even then I was, but I was kind of like, yeah, I'll do it. I kind of want to do it. But yeah. now, yeah. Wait, it's like my wife dragged me ziplining once with Liat. Liat <laughs> yeah. and I, your friend, uh, um, 
we went ziplining once in Costa Rica and I'm one and done, you know, because I was afraid of heights and, and I was kind of miserable and nervous and scared the entire time. But that, and it was like 10 zips, 10, 10 things. The final one, I had, my wife saw me like coming in for that and she said I had the biggest grin on my face. I think it was because I was happy to be yeah, done. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad I did it, but I never need to do that again. Have you ziplined? I I have not. Really? I have not ziplined. No. I think maybe I did you want to do that before jumping out. Yeah. Of the plane. I think I've done it once in like for some high school because I feel like I might have done it, but not. You would as, know if you ziplined because it wasn't too intense. I think it was like a really easy. Like at a playground. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it was like in Catalina, maybe. Could it be? Oh, they had a zipline place there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could have been a real. I was young though. Oh yeah. Uh, but the plane, what I about always bungee wanted, jump. Bungee jump, I have. You have done that. Yeah. No desire. Never. It was. Where'd you do that? Uh, in Argentina. Ah. Yeah, and I had to like pull. Oh, because they like lifted us. There's like three of us, mm. and they 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 lift you high, and then you kind of like have to unplug the thing, and then you fall down. It was like a really weird one. Not for me. And I was the one. I was placed on the right, so I had to take off. Ooh. I had to take the thing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what though, with the adrenaline, the, you're terrified, but once you're free falling, you can't be scared because you don't have time to be scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. have the energy to be scared because it's, it's just so intense. It's not going to happen. There's no way. Not um, for me. But it kind of reminds me of you talking about having to pull the thing. kind of reminds me of summer movies. Okay. Top Gun. How? Oh, okay. Reminds me of Top Gun. How does it remind me of Top Gun? Because uh, they they need a eject from the one. Are yeah, you talking Top Gun one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's how Goose. That's how dies. Goose dies exactly. Tough, tough accident. Having to pull that thing. So it's funny. I've probably seen that movie spinning. You like it? You like the way we transition? I love to Top it. Top Gun summer movies. Yeah. So Top Gun, you know, I saw when it came out, and it was amazing then when Where did it came you see out. It? Do you I saw it in New York City you but know, a theater in the theater okay, okay. there was no other way to see it back then right. you had to see it in the theater um, I mean I guess when it came out on, yeah, on VHS yeah, you yeah. could see it on VHS but um, but yeah and not only did I see it I probably saw it a zillion times when it came out and I remember that summer I went to summer camp and we played volleyball that whole summer thinking we were the guys from Top Gun, you know? We, we thought we were so cool, yeah. as everybody probably yeah, does, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but, so I saw it a zillion times, okay. and now, you know, Top Gun Maverick came out, and so my kids hadn't seen it. So we made my middle daughter, we watched it just recently with Hannah, my middle daughter, because we want to see the new one, and Izzy, my youngest daughter, still hasn't seen the original Top Gun, but last night, out of nowhere, my two nephews showed up, one who's 20 and one who's 18. They came to the house, and and my the younger nephew, Tyler, who wants to be a pilot, has never seen either of the Top Guns. So guess what I did last night with yeah. him? We watched Top Gun, the original, again did, last night. Did he like it? He loved it. He nice. turned around, and he's like, I haven't slept. I'm gonna, I don't know. I think I'm going to fall asleep during. At the, the movie finishes, he turns, I loved it. Yeah. So it was so cool watching Top Gun for the first time with him. Wow. For his first nice. time. I loved it too. And we went to the opening day. Of, the, of the new one. Of yeah, Maverick. of the new one. Right. Getting back to your dad. Getting back to my dad, who you was took... in the Air Force. He went through the Air Force Academy. Really? Yeah. Um, the U.S. Air no, Force? No, the Argentinian Air Force Academy. Okay. 
So he, it was his favorite film growing up. Yeah. And then he kind of threw it onto us. So we thought it'd be a really nice gift to just take him out That's opening awesome. night to watch it. Um, I felt, I don't know how you felt watching it in the theaters, but I felt this emotion being back in the theaters that I haven't felt in a while. Almost like, and I feel like that energy was spread out through the theater. This, uh, I don't know if it's post-COVID or if it's just the film was amazing. It was or, amazing. Uh, and it was a feel-good movie. It is a feel-good movie. And yeah. we haven't had a movie like that in forever. I think that's Like all the yeah. movies today are all like depressing. Yeah. You know, with horrible endings. or And all yeah. the TV shows, there were all these like evil villains. But right. this movie was about good guys, yes. you know, and... And just feel good. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. We've been waiting for this movie to come out for years, right? It was supposedly ready years ago, but Tom Cruise kept holding it. And, you know, I was wondering, why is he holding it? Is, does it suck? Da, 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 da. Mm. But supposedly he held it because he wanted it released on the big screen. Yeah. And, and it was phenomenal. And it was so... And it was the greatest... And it's supposedly, like, doing better than any movie. It's his highest-grossing movie yeah, already. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is crazy. What is also crazy is now Elvis opened up and it's challenging it. It's challenging right. Ma- the Maverick. But I don't even think it's topping it. I, supposedly, they're, like... They're neck like, and neck? They're neck and neck. But this is Tom Cruise's highest-grossing yeah. movie, which is pretty amazing, considering, yeah. like, all the other movies he's yeah. done. You know, the Mission Impossible yeah. and all that. Um Interesting the way they had Val Kilmer. He was the only recurring, other recurring character. Interesting the way they had him back. We talked about Val Kilmer on one of our podcasts Mm. because he had throat cancer and we watched the documentary. Did you see the documentary? I did not see the documentary. It's kind of really depressing. Um, It's depressing in terms of what, you know, how, what he's going through and what, what a larger than life character Val Kilmer used to be. Mm -hmm. And now he's, although... This movie was just such a feel-good movie with him in it. Like I love, I loved him in it, and I loved how his character, and I love how they portrayed yeah, it. And yeah, it's just so well said. It was up. great. So he, it's all real, right? When he, when he's like struggling to talk, like he's, well, that well, he's acting, but I think, but the voice supposedly was a little computer generated. I think because mm. his voice is not that good. His voice is really more, more like. Um, I think it's actually even like um, using some kind of special recorder now, wow. his voice. So I, I think uh, you would hear it if you listen to the, if you watch the movie. Yeah. Um, so I think they did yeah. you know, special effects to make his voice sound as good as it sounded. But, but they did it great. Yeah, you know, the, I think there's that, well, it's to the people who are kind of sensitive to it, there's that extra layer of magic to these films when the real people have gone through so much and the yeah. characters right. have gone through so much right. and they kind of meet in the screen yeah. and the, I don't know that to me there's that beauty yeah. you know yeah. uh, likewise for Tom Cruise you know when yeah. he Top Gun kind of started things for him oh, yeah. he's gone through a, a, a roller coaster yeah. of a life yeah. and now he's back as Maverick yeah. saying you know through it all <clears throat> I still want to win yeah. And I, I think there's something about that that just kind of gets you, yeah, gets you going. It's pretty. It's, yeah, it's such a great feel-good movie that I would see again and again and again. Yeah. And interestingly, my youngest daughter, who didn't see the original Top Gun, it was Father's Day, so they had no choice. I said, "We're going to see the new Top Gun," so we went to it, and she loved it. Oh. She's like, "I loved it." 
So, Good. and she doesn't even feel like she needs to see the original one, which is interesting. Yeah. But um, because it just holds its own as a yeah, movie it by itself. Its it really does. And it, and, and it carries through generations, yeah. too. I think and I love Jennifer Connelly in it. And a lot of people are like, eh, why did she need to be in it? She you know, it's great. 11. She was great. An interesting thing, not that I was close to being cast, mm-hmm. but I was almost in a movie with Jennifer Connelly. Her what? first movie. I made it to like the final callback to a movie we talked about it on another podcast too I think and I think we even maybe did it in a story time although I'm not sure I don't think because so. if not we remember. have to and the name of the movie is Once Upon a Time in America mm. did we ever talk about that no, have you heard of that movie I haven't you need to see that movie Once Upon a Time in America Once Upon a Time with Robert De Niro okay it's a mafia movie Jewish mafia movie and I'm pretty sure we may have it's Once not, Upon a Time in Hollywood, is it a reference to the... Not that? at all. Nothing okay, to do with it. Once Upon a Time in America is an amazing movie with Robert De Niro, um, who plays this Jewish mobster, but they show them as kids before, you know, and it's a long movie, actually, and it's been redone so many times. So I got to, I auditioned for... So years ago... Out of nowhere, we definitely talked about it. Out of nowhere, um, these ca- this casting company came to our school. To it was directed by Sergio Leone, um, famous director. It's De Niro, James Woods, Joe Pesci, Treat wow. Williams, what Elizabeth Montgomery. Um, so um, they came to our school to take pictures of all these kids and we're like what are they doing you know and somehow I guess they got permission to come to our school and nobody and that's it like in the middle of lunch they were just taking these Polaroid headshots of all these kids and I nobody had any idea and I guess they said oh yeah they're maybe going to do a movie and that was it never heard back from them mm. and then then I get a phone call can I come in and read and this was 1980 early 1980 so I was pubescent but I was still you know a youngster I was, the movie came out in 84, 1984, and I was 15 when the movie came out. So, you know, when they were shooting it was probably, I was maybe 12, 13, maybe. Um, And they had me come in, and I remember sitting across the table from a woman, reading, going over lines with her, and every other line was, fuck, shit, this, fuck, shit. You know, it was like cursing galore, you know, and I didn't really talk that way. Um, and it was really weird. And she's like, you know, Jason, that was really good. Do you think you could put on some, some more weight for the movie? And I'm like, um, actually, I'm trying to lose, you know, because <laughs> I was going through, you know, yeah, early, you know yeah, junior yeah. high school. I didn't want to yeah. be a fake because yeah. I was a chubby kid growing up. Um, and that I didn't get I didn't get cast, obviously. But I, I think had I said to her, yeah. Maybe. I might have I might have gotten cast no, in it because right. she's like you know that was re- I, and I read for a few parts but I they had the part that they had in mind for me was the role of are you ready yeah Fat Mo Fat Mo and so Fat Mo the character Fat Mo is a very small character once he's an adult but as a kid he plays a big part of it because he's the brother of Jennifer Connelly that could have been your acting career that could have been my acting career I could have played Jennifer Connelly's brother. And she was like a young teenage, also same age yeah. kind of thing, like 12. Do you remember what you felt like going to the audition and the audition itself? Yeah. Back then, it was pre-nerves. I was still young enough that You're I like, wasn't scared about things. And I wish I had that feeling still. Like I remember just being so carefree and casual mm. and reading it and having fun with this lady. 
And I think that's why she considered me is because I was still not yet, you know, the, the pressure and anxiety and stuff that now I would feel yeah. wasn't yet there. Were there other kids in the room? Tons know? in the room, no, but, oh, the- but tons of kids in, in the waiting area. Tons of kids. Um, but just me reading lines one-on-one with her. Yeah. And that was it. Um, and that was Auditions. That was it. That was it, yeah. Such a world. Yeah. How old were you when you started? So you're an actor. So how yeah. old were you when you started acting? So I kind of got put into acting because my uncle, my senior year of high school, my ac- uncle was doing a short film because he was doing a, a directing program at UCLA. Ah. The thesis was about this young kid who was a soccer player mm. who gets deported. Mm. Luckily, I haven't been deported. Not yet, but, but I'm going to call them now. <laughs> but uh, we shared a lot of traits with the character. You know, we both ah. played soccer. I was getting a scholarship to to play a pen he was also i was an immigrant he was an immigrant so he's kind of like hey you want to come read for this character because it, it's you and then i went and i did it and i'm like yo you can get paid for this like this is a job yeah i loved it yeah and the movie got edited and it did actually pretty well it went on to a few festivals mm. and whatever so then in at pen i took a film class because i love that movie so much and then a professor of mine said, my wife is the theater arts program director. You should meet her and maybe take a class with her. Took a class with her. Then it got onto another class and then onto another class. Meanwhile, now I'm like a junior heading into my senior year. And I'm like, I think I, I just want to go for the acting thing. And when I finally decide that I want to be an actor, I, I just remember I'm like, no more soccer. It's going to be acting. Within, I think, a month or two of that decision, I hear that Disney is developing a soccer show to be shot in Argentina. That's amazing. So it, That's was, just, kismet. it was just so wow. powerful wow. for me to, to kind of hear that. And it was so difficult to hang the cleats for me as a soccer player and then to kind of go back and metaphorically pick them back up because yeah. now I got to lace them up to do a show that's was really just cool. like that's a cool story was just like really what special. was your major in college though I double majored political science and film film not theater not theater mm. film that's pretty cool took a bunch of theater classes but yeah 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 I did it in film one of my favorite classes in college was called I, I don't think I mentioned this to you was called anti-realistic theater because I also did a lot of theater yeah. in college but this anti-realistic theater, we talked about all the different weird movements of art, you know, like mm. Dadaism and then the Bauhaus movement. Cubism. And all of that, yeah. yeah. So we did we did a lot of weird, wacky stuff. Like I remember there was this girl, and, and we put on a few performances as part of the class for audiences to come. And I remember I did this one weird, and, and the director, the, the head of the class, let us kind of come up with our own things that we did so this girl and i ran out onto the stage with toenail clippers we clipped our toenails on stage she actually i didn't know she ad-libbed it she picked them up and put her in put them in her mouth wow and then we ran off the stage and that was like our theater piece like it was just like weird wacky stuff but then i also i wish i had it written down somewhere i did this talking there was this actor who also did this um named Spalding Gray. Does that name ring a bell? No. 
he was a pretty amazing guy. He died fairly young. I don't remember why, but he, he, he did a bunch of movies where it would just be him sitting, talking to the screen, reading like stream of consciousness, these amazing stories of his. He had amazing stories and he was an actor too. So I did something, a street, uh, like a one minute or two minute thing a la this guy. And it, and it was really kind of well received and fun and cool, but it was really a fun, wacky class. Those are the best. Yeah. Like there was a painter, an artist named Jim Dine. Have you heard of him? No. And he did this piece where he's kind of like in a costume and he, like there's a canvas and he like paints on it a little bit, then drinks the paint and then just crashes through the canvas. And it's like performance art. You know, it's yeah. all about weird, wacky stuff. You know, in, in college, in one of these classes, we got set up with a, res- a very prestigious residency program in Philly called the Pig Iron Theater Group. And they're all about impro- improvisation. Yeah. And and w- it started with, w- they would say, you got to start big, you know. We got to open up the world, let the imagination loose in improvisation, bring art. It, anything could be anything. Yeah. And then as the days go by, we kind of start tailoring it into a story or into a certain narrative so it's often cool to just really let it loose in any art process and then kind of start yeah giving it its shape but but start with no agenda with no um sense of direction almost and then have that intuitively carry you into a finished product that should be life. And that's basically life. That's kind of how <laughs> life is. That's a good way to wrap this whole episode wow. up. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty much what it is. is and, and I tell everybody that is explore, do a ton of stuff. And then even, even when you're, you know, the other day, one of the students asked me, you know, um, I don't remember what the question was, but my answer was, I like that I do a whole bunch of different things. And, and it's always good to have a lot of different balls in the air. Right. And, Something fun will hopefully stick. Yeah. And there you go. Life. Gross anatomy, baby. Gross anatomy. Always a pleasure, Doc. Mariano, I, I love I love having you as a guest. Um, wow, we've been talking minutes. for a little while, and yeah. there you go. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. We, we love hearing feedback from you. Give us feedback. Give us comments. Email us. Uh, message us on Instagram. Message us on TikTok. All that stuff. Enjoy our stuff. Enjoy Mariano. I certainly am. And uh, thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.